good at the button. Uh, oh, how are Dave? How's it going? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, good. It's, uh, good. Been working on the website today. Yeah. So uh, if you uh, check the website on your mobile phone, you will see a second page on there cool. now. And uh, there are all our previous guests' names with links to their websites. Oh, cool. Now, I'm not sure about if I'm going to change it yet. I might change the links to our video. But... I, got, I got plenty of ideas, and I'm sure with your technical prowess, you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to do it. Well, it's only taken me about fucking five hours today, so... <laughs> but, uh... Have a go. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, complicated. Yeah. It's not oh, supposed okay. to be, but it is. Yeah. Okay. And, uh... So... I heard on the radio the other day this guy called Dr. Carl Hart, and I've actually just... Oh, shit. Okay. I've actually just... Uh... I heard him on, uh, he, uh, he's a, I think he's a professor in neuro, uh, I don't know. So psychology, science, neuro. Neuropsychology, maybe. Yeah. All thing to do with your brain, you know. Mm -hmm. And addiction, he's an addiction specialist. Well, he doesn't believe in addiction, so. Uh, um, and he was saying about, like, alcohol dependency is uh, when you come off alcohol, when you depend on alcohol, all of a sudden you get these uh, blackouts and it can affect you in really serious ways, you know. Mm. So if I were you, Dave, I wouldn't stop drinking straight away. <laughs> no, that's right. I need to keep going, don't I? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it seems to be he, he experiments with a lot of drugs, I think, or he enjoys taking drugs. He takes heroin and uh, crack cocaine okay. and ecstasy and all for recreational use yeah so uh yeah he's a bit of a strange character and but he reckons and he reckons he's not dependent on any of it no no he's, he's definitely not dependency no yeah that's interesting isn't it yeah he thinks it's all nonsense so uh yeah mm, needs to watch train spotting end doesn't he <laughs> 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 they're pretty dependent on it aren't they <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what he thinks, but I did. I did. I heard him on Joe Rogan show, but uh, mm. that's the first time I came across him. But I'm gonna think I'm gonna do some bit more research into him. He sounds really interesting. Yeah. Ah, okay. So. Cool. Yeah, we've got some more guests. I, I, oh, I didn't look at my uh, Twitter account today actually. Mm -hmm. But we've possibly got a uh, one of the police interceptors coming on in a few in a future episode. Yeah, that would be cool. Benjamin Pearson, which uh, mm. sounds pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I don't want you talking about cars for the whole hour. Well, they, they drive Subaru, so it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> they don't only drive Subarus, do they? They drive fucking... Evos uh, as well. <laughs> BMWs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I know a lot of them, were, they did drive Subarus and Evos. Okay. First of all. But, um, yeah, and we got um, Nick coming on next week as well from the Dragonfly. Oh, right, okay. He's a, he was an artist and uh, owns his own venue, so we can, you know, find out what sort of guests he's had out there and what it's like, what it's like, been like owning a venue during COVID and the problems he's had with that. So that'll be cool. And then today... No people coming in. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then today we have got... Don't announce them yet because they haven't turned up yet. Uh, okay. I'm mega excited. Are you? Yeah. 
I am really excited. Have you got butterflies? Mega nervous because they are a household name like I don't know, Sony, Mr. Sheen. Everybody's everybody's heard of him. Mr. Sheen? Barry Sheen? No, no, no. Charlie Sheen. Sheen. <laughs> Charlie Sheen, that's right. <laughs> Maybe we could we could give people a, a bit of an idea. They've um sold 30 million records globally. Okay. And they've had a hundred million plays on Spotify. That's uh, pretty phenomenal, actually. That's that's so impressive. It's not the ninety fives, is it? <laughs> I don't know. He never mentioned that during, is it? You would have thought you'd been bragging about that. <laughs> Old Lee Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> what so, are they yeah, not I telling know. me? Yeah, I know. Yeah, they kept it quiet. That's it. You know, all those royalties are going. Ka-ching. <laughs> well, I think the record company will be stealing them. Uh, yeah. If that's the case. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very, very pumped. Very psyched. I've been listening to their music all week. Okay. And uh, been reading up on him over the last couple of days. So yeah. Um, yeah, very, very excited. Like I said, very nervous. So I might end up. I might just freeze. Well, you actually, you've got a lookalike sat next to you. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Oh, she's still plugged in. <laughs> so if they don't turn up, we'll yeah. put a record on and we'll uh, put that in. Yeah, that's screen. right. <laughs> well, everybody's going to think it's Zippy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like Zippy, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially the younger generation, they won't know what a Pac-Man is. No, no, they wouldn't. So, so yeah, so I am really excited. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be very I, good. I, I hope so. I hope it's going to be. Uh, I, I guess it'll be pretty entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Honest, yeah I think so. Oh, I, oh, we go. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh no. Oh, see, oh, I've done that again now. I'm telling you, I'm all over the shop. Oh, you're easy. I just got to sit here and I'm still nervous. Oh, going back to, uh, oh, yeah, he's a neuroscientist, actually, Dr. Carl Hart. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's known for his research into drug abuse and drug addiction. Mm-hmm. It's just popped up on my screen, actually. Oh, he's actually American, I thought, because uh, I think he lives in Switzerland or somewhere, or he used to right. live in Switzerland. Because I think uh, drugs are pretty uh, loose in Switzerland. I think you can buy heroin from uh, uh, medical centres. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they've got a really, really low uh, addiction rate in Switzerland, mm. to be honest. And it's really controlled uh, that way, you know? Yeah. So is that because it is readily available and... I think so, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's not such the, you know, it's like a taboo and people don't, perhaps people don't have a go at it or crack at it, I was going to say, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe because it's not such a taboo. Maybe, I don't know, but I mean, if you, I mean, I I love Louis Theroux and people like that and some of the documentaries he's done and you see some of these poor people on there that, you know, have got these addictions. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's got to be a well. I think it's a real thing. It's got to be. So I'd be very, very interested in his uh, in his theories behind it. Well, the thing what I was thinking about was some people come back and they say, oh, you know, they come back from alcoholism or whatever, and they say, oh yeah, I had a great time. 
been drunk for fucking 20 years and but now I'm sober and uh, everything's good, you know? Yeah. But you don't hear that from a fucking uh, crack cocaine uh, addict, you know? Yeah. They don't come back and say, oh, I was on crack cocaine for 20 years and had a great time. They just uh, like, well, I was on crack cocaine for 20 years and now I'm fucked. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a difference somewhere along the line. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah. That's mm. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Could, maybe it could be interesting to talk to him, but... Yeah. I'm not that fucking uh, intelligent, to be honest. No, I uh, I struggle to keep up on lots of things, to be fair. So, uh, oh, we've got ah, here we go. Oh, look. Hello, guys. Hello. We were just going to introduce you. Hello. <laughs> Can you hear us? Fred and Richard Fairbrass. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing, guys? Good. Welcome to the podcast. I think you see I follow you on Twitter. Ah, and uh, I do uh, comment on some of your posts. Ah, I've I've been t- I've taken to, do, to redoing Twitter lately because I got I got fed up with talking to myself. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so okay. I can't hear you. You keep falling off. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. And and yourself? Yeah, we're fine actually. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. We're gonna. I've just. Uh, Got a glass of wine to uh, oh, oh, ease, ease the pain. I got water. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fine. Yeah. I was going to have a beer, but uh, it's a bit oh. early. Well, no, I could have a beer actually. My brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to have a beer. I'll, I'll, beer. I'll, I'll, I'll see you on the next. I do. Yeah, maybe I get one. I used to be a beer and darts man, but I, I came out the closet and now I drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know why I said it. Have you gone back in the closet? <laughs> have you gone back in the closet or not no 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 i no. don't know absolutely not no oh i don't know no i'm more out of the closet than i was five years ago I think. Oh. <laughs> are there degrees of out of the closet oh yeah sometimes you have to put your foot out and see how it's it's like putting your foot into a swimming pool oh, is it? okay and you see what the water's like and if it's too cold you go back in <laughs> <laughs> Just sample it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then, guys, let's have a chat, is it? Yeah. yeah let's start. Yeah, absolutely. All right, David, yeah. do you want to lead the way? Yeah, I've been, I've got to be honest, guys, I've been really, really excited all week about you uh, about you coming on. Oh, and um, and the more I've been reading into you, it's just phenomenal the success you guys have had. It's, uh, it's so impressive. So, you know, number one in 70 different countries, 30 yeah. million record sales. 100, 100 million Spotify plays. It's, it's just absolutely incredible. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. It really is. So, you know, going, what, I, what I'd like to understand is, you know, if we go back to the very beginning, I knew you were in a band called The Actors. We were. We were. Said Fred. Yeah. So what, what got you interested in music then in the, in the first place? Um, it was a horror of regular working. It was a <laughs> <laughs> actually, to be actually, I can actually, I can remember the exact moment, which is, um, it was a dinner. T- I, was, I went to a school called Inberhorn, where we both did, uh, and um, there was a there was a band playing the playing the lunchtime gig, and um, I think they were called I think they were called the Game, I think, or the Gift, the Game, I think. The game, the game. Yeah, and. Um, uh, there was about 30 people in the in the hall at lunchtime and I was the only guy all whole audience was girls and they were transfixed by this band who were doing a Jimi Hendrix cover I think they were doing I think they were doing Voodoo Child I think 
And um, I just thought that looks like a really good fun gig mm. to do. That looks like I, I, something I should be doing. So I went, uh, we, my, my, my dad, we were lucky enough to better go on foreign holidays back then, which that, that generally, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and we went to Spain and my dad bought me a guitar, which was actually dreadful, but it, it gave me the bug. And then he was good enough to buy me a, a proper guitar. And then I started taking lessons. And then about a year later, Richard started, Richard being a Paul McCartney fan, um, started, uh, decided to start playing bass. So that's when we sort of early teens, we were writing and playing. Mm. Yeah. Ah, that's cool, that's cool. And you, you were supporting Joy Division even back then? Yes, yeah, back right in uh, 1978, we were on the road with Suicide, Suicide. who were yeah. a New York electronica duo. And um, who were who were insane, but, but fantastic. Um, and we um, and and when we went to Man Manchester, Tony Wilson got uh, Joy Division onto the bill. So it was Suicide, Joy Division, us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then what oh, they, brilliant. Yeah. What they used to do at one of the gigs, I'm not sure which one it was, but the because the last bus went at around something like that, that was in Liverpool. At the Liverpool. Because yeah. The last bus home went like at ten. The support act was on last. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's cool. Because everybody else had gone home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they failed to tell the audience that sometimes, so yeah. they got really upset when they missed they missed the headline and caught us. Yeah, and caught. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they they showed their um they showed their dismay by throwing uh, glasses of uh, they they back then this is seventy eight so it was a post slightly post punk. So yeah. they, it was quite violent some of the gigs. So they would pee into their glasses and throw. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Quite, quite not exactly family entertainment. You know, change my life. Change my shirt. Change my shirt. So you're actually quite accomplished musicians then. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we both play reasonably well from yeah. what we do. I mean, neither of us are virtuoso, virtuosos, but we can get we can get by relatively healthy with uh, with what we need to do. Richard plays still, Richard now plays most of the bass on the new stuff. I've always played uh, the guitars on on everything really, along with went, went back with the original right said Fred with Rob Manzoni. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, we we don't we, we aren't really because we're a duo and not a band. We aren't seen in that context, but yeah. yeah. Both mm. played really well. Yeah. I remember I remember an interview years ago that John Lennon gave, but he said that he was asked why he wrote Imagine on a piano as opposed to a guitar. And he said, if you're writing if you're trying to write a simple song, the last thing you should do is write it on an instrument on which you are accomplished. Okay. It's to, it's okay. To write it on something where you're 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 you know you're really limited in what you know because it forces you to think simply. So oh, okay. that's what I think is, we see ourselves more as songwriters than players. That's why, is that why you bought a cello? That's why I bought a cello. Wait for the next album, mate. <laughs> really upbeat stuff. The one note samba, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, because you, you were session players, weren't you, for like Bob Dylan and David Bowie? Yes, we, we did. Um, back in the 80s, everyone did a video, everyone wanted bands or, 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 and dancers Dance. in their videos. So Richard got some. Uh, gigs with uh, Bowie and I went on the road with Dylan as a, as a, the second guitar player um, and that was to support a movie um, we would we um, the movie was called Hearts of Fire and they wanted to, um, it was sort of a rock and roll film if you like it was an, an, an appalling film at the same time um, and um, we, we were they wanted some live shots so we did a couple of gigs in London I think at Heaven and then we went and did some sort of arena shows in Canada yeah um, and that was for the live stuff for the um, for, for, for the film. So uh, yeah, we we did about I don't know eight gigs, I suppose. No, not not it was a big tour at all. Mm. Um, and um, 
the, the most sort of memorable moment was because uh, was 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 for me was because I, I um, had to teach Bob Dylan the songs that we were doing that day because he hadn't written a lot of the songs for the movie that was written they were written by um, Bo, Bo, Bo Hill I think his name was okay. and um, so I would go to Dylan's trailer and I would just say this, this we're doing these two songs today and run through the chords and so for those sort of that half hour or whatever it took it was just me and him in his trailer or whoever happened to be in the trailer at the time so that, that was that was a, a very privileged yeah moment. there was one time Fred told me where um, they were doing a scene and they asked Bob Dylan or the director asked Bob Dylan could you write the lyrics down please because we're doing a kind of you know we need to know what you're singing and Bob Dylan said well apparently I said sort of what do you, what do you mean and um, because he didn't have lyrics, he was just making Bob Dylan noises. Hadn't written lyrics at all, it was just a noise. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love stuff like that. I love, I love it when people yeah. are, are out of the box. He, yeah. He, yeah. he was really nice to me. So yeah. he's got a bit of a funny old reputation, but you know, speak as you find, he was really, he was really good to me. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love Bob Dylan. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Oh, that's cool, that's cool. And then, um, so 1989, is when it all, all started then with uh, Right Set Fred. Yes, yes. We, we, we'd been living in New York um, the year before, well, or two years before, two years. And, and we were signed to Capital EMI and they thought we were going to, we had a bank called Trash, Trash Flash and Money and it looked like we were going to be launched with, you know, the Big Bang and it never happened. And um, so we then, we then came back to London, we're sort of with our tails between our legs a little bit. And yeah, went back to waiting tables and working in gyms. And we started right, so Fred, we, we got, we just thought, let's just go out and do, play some gigs. So we went out to Saturvis, acoustic guitar. We tired of that fairly quickly, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And we thought, and at the same time, um, I think me a bit more than Rich, we were both sort of got into the house scene a little bit, you know, listening to you know, dance club, going to raves. Yeah, I didn't and, do that much, did I? No, but I, I, <laughs> I went to Shoom and some of the other big raves. And I really got the, the that sort of house bug. I just love what they were doing. And I said, uh, I said, why don't we just, you know, try and do something with someone who, who works in that arena? Also, we got forward, but not making much noise. Yeah, we liked to, yeah, we yeah. Were, you know. we, yeah, we missed the, the thump of it, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. So we hooked up with Rob Manzoli, who um, we met through a local rehearsal studio in Putney. Uh, and we just said to Rob, let's write something that we think could work over a dance groove, you know, and we didn't have the thing. We didn't have any songs or anything. We just said, we don't really want to hear your ideas and we're not going to make you listen to our <laughs> ideas. We have to write something brand new. Yeah. And um, so we had this, um, so, that, so when we wrote Sexy, we were in a, we were in a basement studio in, in uh, Acton, Acton. Acton with a guy called Brian Pugsley. And this was, by this time, it was 90, mid nineties, I think, like, yeah. Yeah, something like that, something yeah. like that. And, um, we, we had this groove going round and round and round, and it was a hot day. And the, the, the baseline of that particular idea was the melody to I'm Too Sexy, was a, which is an E major scale, kind of, which is a da 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 da. That's not as good as the way I do it. No, it's not really good. No, go on. No, no, you keep going. Shut you're, up. You're very good. Shut <laughs> up. And so, you know, we, and, and as usual in those sessions, people start to tire and get bored, and this thing was looping round and round. And Richard got up and sort of wandering around Brian's flat. And then, because it was hot and Brian had a mirror, one of those stand-up mirrors in his um, 
is it bedroom? Was bedroom, it? And Richard started singing, I'm too sexy for my shirt to that melody, I'm too sexy for my shirt, you know, and it and came back and sung it to us. And we thought that's a bit of a mad idea. And the idea stuck. Um, and, and so we took the idea away and then basically just worked on it. And because we had sung the bass line, Rob had come up with a melody, another guitar line, like a da 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 and I said, well, one of us said, well, if we just sung the bass line, why don't we just sing the guitar line? So, and... Mm. Uh, clever, really. <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the logic of it. The logical. And yeah. so with that bit, I put the lyrics to the, I'm a model, you know what I mean? And, that, and we just fused the two together. And over about five months, because we were skint, we couldn't keep on going in the studio. Yeah. So over about five months, we, we demoed the idea, um, took it to a bunch of labels, they all hated it. Then we... Yeah. Yeah, no, not we one. Took, we took it everywhere. Yeah, not one record company. Yeah. And um, so we then thought, well, we don't really care. We don't really care about the record labels. What about just hearing it on the radio? And the girl who worked in the studio, which was Red Bus Studios, called Tamsin, and she was only 18. And she said, I think this is a hit record. If I can get it on radio, would, you know, could, I, could I manage you? So we said, yeah. Mm. We didn't realise she meant sort of Radio 1. We didn't realise that. We thought she meant right. sort of, you know, Radio... You know, yeah, Radio London or... Isle of Wight or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, uh, nothing wrong with the Isle of Wight. Watch out. Nothing wrong with the Isle of Wight. There's a big demographic. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Partly FM, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we literally a few weeks later, she said, um, tune in tonight because Gary Crowley is playing it. And then on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, whatever it is, um, Simon Bates is going to play it. And at the time, particularly, I mean, Gary's show was a big show, but Simon, I think, had the, I think it was the biggest show in Europe or something. It was huge, his yeah. breakfast show, massive. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, was, he was good enough to play the track off the acetate. And for those people who don't know what the acetate is, it was a big plastic lump uh, shaped like a 12-inch disc, but it was, you could only play it five or six times yeah. because the it was literally just to demo the idea to it was it was the demo of the master if you like like, mm. like okay yeah, yeah. demo of the vinyl prototypes and so and they did and the phones at radio one went mad and that was it the, 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 it literally just changed at that point mm. um yeah we were expecting oh that's great we had some airplay that's nice what are we going to do now and then <laughs> the gym, we were working at this gym and the phone started going and it was the sun and it was, the, you knew, and all the tabloids just jumped on it. We weren't really ready for it at all. No, uh, our, yeah, our, the, our management wasn't ready. The record label weren't a record label. They were just, a, they were a plugging company who had decided to for, you know, set up a label mm. to service this one song. Yeah. Oh, okay. So everyone involved was actually really incapable in of dealing with it terribly well, including ourselves, you know. Yeah. We weren't ready for the fame thing. We were, we'd been in bands, but we weren't ready to be celebrities, were we? No, I didn't, we didn't really, it didn't, uh, I think the, the sheer, the weight of it, the, you know, the sheer size of the track. Mm. And I can remember waking up one very, very early, uh, or it, very early one, one morning, I think it's like around the three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, the phone had rung and it was America, some guy in America on the phone talking about a TV show that we must do because it was our demographic. Okay. Our demographic. And I didn't even know what demographic was. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> no clue what he was talking about. So the whole thing was just, um, was yeah, was was weird for us. It, it was uh, part yeah, of we had no history. You know, sexy had gone to sort of you know top thirty, and then the next track had gone you know top fifteen, and the next track had gone. There would have been some kind of logic to yeah, it yeah, and yeah. momentum, and we would have had a chance to catch our breath. But as it was, 
uh, we were we were running around after a mad dog. That's what we were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like an overnight sensation. Uh, it it yeah. was, yeah. The set song just went, yeah, insane. Yeah, it really was. It was very hard to to kind of get get your head around it. You know, it, yeah. I think what we should have done in retrospect. The original version had about a, a three or four minute minor key play out. It did, yeah. I think it, I think if we'd kept that, it would have slowed its success down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that might, that might have helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because no. uh, yeah, it's, what was it, number one in 32 countries. Yeah. Yes. For a yeah, debut single. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's just incredible, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, being number one in America was the game changer. Yeah. Because at that time, I don't know about now so much, but certainly at that time, lots of other countries looked to America for the, 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 the approval rating, if you like. They didn't want to run with a track unless it had the rubber stamp of America. And that... but particularly applied to um, Japan and Australia at the time. Mm. Um, and so suddenly it just opened up brand new markets every, every day. Yeah. And yeah. so we were just, we, we kind of stopped writing and stopped being musicians. We were just uh, running around waving at cameras and being famous. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that's kind of what, I think that's what sort of drove us insane. Was, mm. was the celebrity side of it. We were quite happy being musicians and writing some songs, yeah. but being a celebrity and, and sort of hanging out with those type of people and what you need, how you need to change your life if you want to do that. We just, we, well, first of all, we weren't prepared to do that, but we just really like it, didn't we? No, and also, I don't think you know you're doing it. No, you don't. No, that's you true. Know, that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's not like, you know, oh, there, there's the celebrity gangway we'll go down there because that's good and there's the musician thing well we don't want that we'll go you know it's not that, that's not what happens what happens is you, you become something um while you don't know you're becoming it yeah yeah, yeah. five years later and then you think oh that's what i am yeah well that's really <laughs> yeah. crazy isn't it the, that's yeah. a crazy yeah. story because if you think of just a few years earlier you were in a, in a trailer with bob dylan you know yes yeah yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden you change into this animal on its on its own and it's like yeah we suddenly became you know, housewives' favourites. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you know, you know, household names, and, and it wasn't. It was very, very odd. It wasn't until we did "I'm Too Sexy" that I realised I could sing that low. I'd never done that before. I wanted really? to really. Well, I want to be Steve Tyler. I still yeah. like Steve Tyler. <laughs> um, you know, um, but I but I don't have that voice. I don't have a rock voice. I have a, a I have a kind of. Crew Baritone, yeah. Baritone, yeah, yeah. Um, we did it a little bit in America, didn't we? A little, like that song, physical. Boy. Yeah, a little bit. When we, we did a sort of, a, um, what's the, um, we we we, we, uh, we got in America. We were signed as a sort of Billy Rocky, Billy Idol, slightly Billy Idol. Ish. Lots of eights on the guitar yeah. and low vocals. It was it, it was, didn't sound quite like that. It was it was it was copying really. It, it was. Yeah, the great yeah. thing about sexy is we we stopped copying. Um, yeah, not yeah. Consciously, not consciously, we just. We just did. We just yeah. and we try. Even now, we try. Although the, the, some of the genres we, we explore are, 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 are familiar to people, um, the minute we think of anything that sounds a bit like something else, we bin it straight away. We we just won't have any. You know, the idea of, of copying somebody else's idea and trying to get away with it doesn't appeal to us at all. Mm. Um, yeah. And sexy was quite good training for that. It, it keeps you on. It doesn't mean to say you could be quirky the whole time because you just can't. But it reminds you that quirky is possible. And you shouldn't yeah. ever walk away from it just because it's a bit unusual. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Deeply Dippy then came out, and I was number one for three weeks as well. And then that sort of catapulted your first yes. album, which went multi-platinum yeah. as well. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. The dippy dippy changed the our, our audience quite demographic. a lot. Demographic, yeah. demographic, yeah, yeah, yeah. demographic. I'm too sexy. I'm too sexy. Don't talk, just kiss. We're both sort of dance tracks, sort of, you know. Yeah. And um, dippy came along with more of a swing track, and that opened up your mums and dads and kids and more of a almost more of a pub sort of sing-along hmm. um, audience. It's, it's, got a, it's got a sort of board. I was listening to Chat and Dave today, um, Ain't No Pleasing You. Great song. Oh, that's a brilliant song. Which is a great song. Yeah. And the drum sound on it is absolutely blinding. I mean, I, I love the drum sound. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but it's, there's, a, there's a vaudevillian um, uh, ingredient in there. Yeah. I can imagine Chat and Dave doing that, doing that kind of stuff in, with different instruments in 1850. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the musicals, you know. And Dippy Dippy is a little bit like that. It's got a slightly vaudevillian quality to it, which I really like. And I, I think the English music scene uh, copies the American scene far too readily um, and doesn't, doesn't sort of capitalise on its, on its innate, uh, um, what's the word for it, its uniqueness. We, we have a, uni a, a unique... Um, history if you like mm, yeah um, and we are it, it, the very often we're dominated i mean we're the same i'm not criticizing anybody for doing this but the blues thing is a is a, is a central part but that's not necessarily reflective of the history of british of british music and vocal folk, folk music yeah so, um, and there's one guy that we really like called jake factory okay who's a folk artist who died some years ago um but he was really in touch with that really in touch with the with the uh that sort of folk history, if you like, and that sort of, and also the French sort of chanson thing. Um, so there's a, there's a whole lot, I love Charles, um, Charles Trenet too. I mean, I love that, I love all that stuff. So it's, um, it's important, I think, to try and imagine music that's not given to you from some vast American company. It's, it's good to, I mean, I love Aerosmith, but I also love, um, I also love some of the weirder stuff that we produce in the UK. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So then, so you were overnight sensations. So, you know, what, what did you treat yourselves to then? So, you know, did you go out and spend exotically on, on items or things or anything like that? No, no we, 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 not really. Well, we bought, we bought a house each. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, maybe had better cars. We weren't very big on the sort of multiple cars, multiple properties sort of no. thing. We didn't go down that route. No. We just bought, we had, we each was bought a house. We um, then had, um, then we checked, yeah, our cars got better. You know, you, you I, I suppose me more than anyone else, I got into the designer clothes a little bit just because I'd never been able to afford them before. So mm. I think I was a bit more typical in that way. Um, but we just, um, what else did we do? I mean, we, didn't, we, we worked, to be honest with you. Yeah. We were just working like lunatics. And you um, had a car with electric windows. I had a car with electric windows. <laughs> time, that's the first time I'd ever had a car with electric windows. So that was, I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah. Um, and it was just nice. It was nice not to be in debt. Yep. It was nice to be able to not, it was nice to be able to go out for a meal and not have to look at the bill. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so little things like that, but we're not not big sort of. You know, we didn't we didn't we didn't go and invest in. Well, sadly, we didn't go and invest in Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good or or, yeah. or Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, we just and we haven't really changed much. I and mean, we we've sort of Richard was a um, a vintage car freak for a bit. Yeah, I, I love. I'm a bit of a petrol head, so I really really like cars. And I really, really can't stand electric cars. I really, I like cars that yeah. make and sound like yeah. sound like machinery. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I, I bought an E-Type and I bought an old 3.8 Jag and bits and pieces like that. And I spent a lot of money on the first house we, we bought, um, more than, when I look back, more than I should have spent probably. Um, but we didn't really, the, the whole, that whole celebrity thing, which probably was open to us at the time, mm. you know, hanging out with all the, you know, all the, 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 the high and mighty and, the, and, the, and sort of famous people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it didn't really uh, strike me as something I wanted to do. I, mm. I, and we never really did. You know, we went to Browns a few times and- We had a few premieres and things, a few but, premieres, but it never, it didn't bite, you know what I mean? It yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah. Oh, I must do more of that. That was great. It, I just didn't. I'm just as happy what, at home. Well, I watched Line of Duty last night, and I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so, but that's how we, you know, that's how we spend our time. And, you know, we um, although Fred's obviously stuck in the UK because of for obvious reasons right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we so we always and also my partner was very poorly at the time. I was with Stuart for 28 years, and towards the end of his life, uh, you know, he couldn't go out. Mm. So we stayed at home a lot of the time and watched, you know, in, uh, interminable mm. episodes of Star Trek, you know. Yeah. Also, you know, the, the press made going out for us pretty unpleasant. Yeah. So yeah, also. We, just, we just stopped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. yeah, so we didn't really, yeah, we sort of didn't, didn't really, yeah, the, the whole celebrity thing, we just didn't bother with it. No, I think some people love it. Yeah, I they think, do, yeah. And they're good mm. at it. You know, they're good at walking out and doing the big hello and all that kind of stuff. And it, I, I don't know. Just didn't bother, didn't uh, didn't strike me as something I wanted to do. I was quite happy being left alone, really. Yeah, yeah. but maybe also because you were those session musicians before you were the Freds, yes. if you like, and you were bothering with those sort of people, you know. Maybe it just didn't rub off. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's possibly true. I mean, when we when we did the, I mean, I did three things with um, with David Bowie, and he was. You know, he was he was quiet. You know, he was a, yeah. he, was a he was a quiet kind of guy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we, we tend to we tend to assume that the people you see in the press all the time are the ones that are making the greatest contribution, and that very often um, I'm sure David Byrne would, would be a good example, good guy to talk to about that because you never see him in the papers yeah. and talking here did some great stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I think there's a you know we are in the West addicted to profile and addicted to money and addicted to all the things that actually don't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you just look at reality TV and it. You yeah, know. you can't take any of it. I worked with a guy many years ago when I was delivering furniture, and he said to me, you won't find any pockets in a shroud. That's right. And I, and <laughs> yeah. I remember that really clearly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously you, you work with the biggest stars anyway, because um, I found out today you were, you were on the Royal Authority performance with the Muppets. Yes, <laughs> and you, and you know you've made it when you play with the Muppets, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. But that was um... yes. The weirdest thing about yeah. that, the one thing I remember actually was that, that was at Dominion Theatre in London. We walked in with the people that we were with, and we had they had everybody was carrying these big, heavy silver cases, and there wasn't any. There was, and the Queen was going to be there, obviously, in the evening. Yeah, there was there was no security check no. at all, none. Really, you can't get your head around it. Back in the day, it was yeah, like, man. Now, there's a security check at the local pizza house. Yeah, yeah. Know, it's uh, the, the the change in the way we live is quite extraordinary. Yeah, uh, but that was that was um, that was probably the time when we actually when we got the blessing from the family because we met the Queen. Yeah, yeah. Once, we, once we met the Queen, everything was cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we were seal of approval. We had the seal of approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And then that was it. That was the same year you did release the Comic Relief song as well. Yes. Yeah, we did. We did stick it out. Um, we, uh, with uh, Jules Holland. That's right, Jules Holland and Steve Coogan and um, Lennox Lewis. Peter Cook. 
you know, French and Saunders, Peter Cook. It was, it was quite a good, quite a good turnout. I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, the, I think um, at that point we were getting a little bit uh, with fatigue was wearing. Fatigue. <laughs> okay. was, I'm not surprised. That's a busy three years. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, we, we've done that. You know, we had a big success, and then what we should have done. What not just us, but loads of artists forget that you're self-employed. Yeah. Record yeah. companies don't pay your wage. Managers don't. PR don't. And so what you, what you should do is exactly what ZZ Top did and some more sensible bands did. They have their big success and they go, we're going to offer a rest at the of the year. Mm. We didn't do that. We listened to our idiot record company and other people and we kept on working and, and we burnt out basically. We were just, mm. we couldn't, we, yeah, we, I don't know, Richard and I couldn't sleep and loads, just, 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 just exhaustion. Do you remember we had, a, we, had a, um, we were talking about the second album and we were saying we're too, you know, we're promoting, still promoting the first album. And mm. so we don't have any time for writing. And the record company guy said, well, what about when you're sitting in a taxi? Yeah. Oh, right, OK. That's very inspirational. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're going from Mayfair to St John's Wood. We'll knock out a chorus on the way. I mean, <laughs> you know, these people are so... It's, uh, but what, one thing the Stranglers did, I think it was the Stranglers, what they did was they recorded two albums. At, 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 when they did their first album, they, at the same time, they recorded the second album. Very okay. smart. Very yeah. smart. I would yeah. advise every band to do that, <laughs> yeah. you know, because then it takes the weight off. You're also in the same place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, that was a brilliant idea, and we should have. We it's exactly what we should have. Mm. Did yeah. you have enough songs to do that though? Uh, well, we would have. I think we would have. Also, when you know you're going to do that, you just you rise to the you, occasion. You, you and buy you, yeah, 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 I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And also, you what you probably would do is you'd spread the song, your best songs across two albums. Yeah. So, yeah. We, you know, that the, that's the first album up probably would have sold just as well if we'd taken a couple of the key songs off. You know, if you, you leave, leave on sexy, don't talk and deeply dippy, and then maybe Love for All Season or something else you had on the other album, that, and you just spread the load. I think, yeah. I think that's a very smart idea. Um, yeah. Um, I, kind of wish, I wish we'd thought that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit late now, boys. The other thing is you don't really, when everything's going really, really well, you don't, know, you don't truly know why. No, you don't know. Is it the mm. company? Is it the management? Is it you? Is it the songs? Is it the production? But, you know, so in a way, you try and keep everybody happy. Yeah, and also yeah. what by by definition what you do is you trust everybody implicitly. Yeah, you're successful and all the team are around you and blah blah blah. So you basically you think you're all going in the same direction. You learn eventually, of course, that you're not, but that's what you think. And we had a meeting at a hotel in London uh, in preparation for the second album. I remember the record company guy said, "You guys are so popular, you could record the telephone directory and it would be a hit." Yeah, well, we tried that. <laughs> <laughs> it's called our second album. It's called our second album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you, you picked up some novella awards as well, didn't you, on, from your first album? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We've got two other novellas, one for Sexy yeah. and Dippy. Um, and then we went on to get three BMI, yeah. um, which is yeah. uh, which is an American award. Um, yeah, we, 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 we because of we're in the, well, we've always been independent, but that first album was also basically an independent album. Um, we weren't embraced, uh, you know, the Brits just ignored us as best they could because it's basically run by the major record companies. Uh, right. So we didn't really get particularly embraced by the Brits, but um, other than that, we were, you know, we, we, we were pretty happy with what, with our lot really. And yeah. I think if we'd stopped for a year or two, we, we would have felt fine about it. Yeah, I think so. I think also um, <coughs> it's, only, um, it's only as you get older that you realize that relevance and, and the approval of others doesn't matter. When mm. you start off, you really do want it. I really wanted it. I really wanted to do the approval of 
millionaire maker or the approval of some, you know, the, the, the culture section of the Times or whatever it happened to be, I mean, because you think it matters. And it's only when you get older and you, you know, you're finding it hard to hold your water that you find out that actually none of that matters. Actually, mm. it really, really doesn't matter. As long as you're producing stuff that you're proud of yeah. and that you have confidence in, um, that is all that matters. That is, and actually, that's all you can do. Truthfully, yeah. 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 everything else yeah. is it's all just dross, the rest of it. That's it. Yeah, that's mad. So like, by about 96, then you had your three albums out and then you were touring globally. What were some of the best um, tour dates you did here? You know, what, what was some of the nicest uh, nicest venues you uh, you performed at? Um, uh, that's we, a good question, we, we, we did some pretty good festivals back then. Yeah. Uh, we did some shows with Green Day and... Um, uh, who are the other lot? Green Day, um, Santana. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Santana. Yeah, Santana. And we 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 did a run through Norway, well Scandinavia. Then then I think it was Holland, Belgium. We did that run, that sort of bit, that Benelux run. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, mm. Did this, we did some stuff in the UK, but to be honest with you, our, our value our value has always been higher abroad than, than in the UK. Always has been, even from day one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, one, yeah. one of the shows. Mm. Wasn't part of a big tour or anything, but one of the shows I do remember really clearly was we were doing a BRMB um, show, with, and Deeply Dippy was, was the record we were promoting. And at the, it was, a, I can't remember the venue, but it was absolutely heaving. I mean, it was, it was really, really busy. We, I mean, it was me, Fred and Rob on stage. And the front row was all girls. And um, one girl passed out. And the St. John's Ambulance was sort of pushing their way through the crowd to rescue this poor girl. And Rob came up to me and he whispered in my ear and he said, God, I didn't think we were that bad. That's <laughs> 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 my mind, really, you know. But so, yeah. so gigs have different... I mean, I, I remember doing a gig in Australia and I tripped over my stupid outfit. Um, and I remember that gig for the, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Some of the ones that are most memorable in terms of shows are ones we've done more recently. And we did a, a live show in Cambridge, a big festival in Cambridge about two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was a lovely afternoon. It was really sunny. Mm-hmm. The band sounded great. The audience were fantastic. Um, the mayor turned up, who was a bit drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, those, you know, I mean, it wasn't necessarily part of the, uh, the, 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 the early manifestation of what we were doing, but it was yeah. one of the things I remember. Ah, yeah. That's cool. And you, and you opened for the um, FIFA World Cup? That was good, actually. Yeah, that's the yeah. biggest audience we played to. I think it was, yeah. was 300,000. Yeah. I, I cool. think you that's huge. It was, you it, couldn't see the end. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, yeah, in terms of um, audience capacity, that was one of, the, one of the biggest, I think. We also played, there's a great gig in Hamburg called the Grosser Freiheit, which is a, um, it's basically, it's about 16, 1700 people, yeah. but it's got a gallery. And, and it, it's like a small theater, but and we're standing on the bottom floor. <coughs> and um, it's got a, just a great, it's just a really, really good venue. And, it, and we did that a few times and uh, that was really rocking it. You can feel people really on top of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so sometimes it's, it's not always the bigger, bigger shows. Well, the, smaller, the smaller gigs can be, uh, yeah. can be more fun and more yeah. expensive in a way. We did a tiny, a sort of warm-up gig out in, I can't remember where it was now, a tiny little place. And uh, the, the, I mean, the stage is about, I don't know, three inches high, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so you're, the punters are right in your face. I mean, they're, they're, they're close talkers, frankly. Yeah. And, and that's what, um, I find that really exciting. I, you know, that is absolutely. But when you're doing a big, the big venues and big festivals are more to do, I think, with the ego of the performer 
yeah, yeah. necessarily the content of the show. Then if you're, you're walking on a big stage and then you have the, the security um, thing and all the cameras in front and the, and, the, and the people are about, you know, 20, 30 feet back, mm. you know, it's not, it's a... It's, a it's not very personal. Uh, no, it's not. You know, you're there mm. thinking, oh, this is great. And look at all those people over there. This isn't it. But it's not as, um, I don't know, not as, as, as visceral as, yeah. as, as a small club, uh, club date, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then you, you had a bit of a sabbatical. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did the time yeah. 97. Well, my partner was, uh, Stuart was really poorly. Uh, my partner, he was really ill. Um, and uh, was, was it, when was your divorce? Was that? No, I got, oh yeah, I got was that divorce. No, that, I got the 97. Oh, well, about the same. Yeah, yeah, that, same yeah, yeah okay. We, we just took time out. Um, then we, we, Richard, then we split up with Rob. Yeah. We went back on the road in 99 and started doing some really small clubs in the UK. Yeah. And Which was actually good and fun. It was really good yeah. fun. Um, yeah. And uh, then we did a new deal in Europe. We was signed to a new label in um, in Berlin. Yeah. And um, and then we had two uh, two gold albums back to back with that label. Yeah. And um, that was cool. Yeah, and that yeah. that that was probably some of the most fun I've ever had because first of all, you prove that you have the, the ability to bounce back. Yeah. But also, some of the venues were just. Fantastic. I mean, we we opened. Some of the kids were great. Yeah, we mm. we did um, we we did a special. Um, there was a there was a like a school in Hanover, and they'd done a special dance for a song called "You're My Mate," and we got invited with with a TV crew. We got invited to go Brilliant. down there, and it was fantastic. It was just mm. watching these kids do it. it was yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Um, and we did some big. We did the um, the yeah. Allianz Arena in Munich. States Quo. With with Quo. Cranky, uh, yeah. Um, uh, they did Schalke Stadium, um, <laughs> yes. and it was just it, it was it was um, the, some of the venues. They, they, the, the, the the promoter and also the label at the time were just very very good. They were really they really understood our market out they there. Did, yeah. And mm -hmm. um, for a, a good five six years, it was just it was just sort of solid success one way or another. And it was handled really well, much better than our first. A sort of a for, for, foray, foray. Yeah, foray, yeah. 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 We, um, <laughs> talking about status quo, we met um, Francis Rossi and Rick Parfit in London, actually. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was, it was about probably about 10, 15 years ago or something. It was a fashion show. Yes. And, the, and the four of us were sitting around a table. And um, Rick Parfit leaned across and he said, uh, he said, you're a bit like us, really. He said, you're shit, but really good. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, Germany. We spend a lot of time in Germany, and I really miss this whole thing. With COVID, has really put the mockers on 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 the things that we grew up with, if you like. You know, the ability yeah. to travel, um, the ability to even the ability to work. Um, we were going to Germany and have been since 1991, uh, probably at least at least once a week. Very often, more often, you know, more than that, depending on what's going on. Um, and that we haven't. I haven't flown for over a year now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a friend actually in Germany who's, who runs a, um, a tat, um, tattoo parlor, and uh, she's thinking of leaving Germany because she really, uh, yeah, yeah, so, Germany of every because I'm in Holland, you know. Oh, okay, oh. all right, okay, and, okay. Uh, we, 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 yeah, we, we have uh, fond memories of Holland, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. played there a few times, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, great audience, yeah. you know, we're really good fun. Um, I, I like Europe, I really, really like Europe, I like traveling there, I like, I can't stand the 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 imposition that politicians put on people in terms of their ability to move around, yeah. um, and I like I like the Germans being German and the Italians being Italian and the Dutch being Dutch and I, I 
that's to me the fascinating thing about the whole place and the yeah. minute you try and homogenize it with you know one culture that overarches everything then i think it's it spoils it you know no i don't think you're going to get that really no no I, know. I, I hope not i hope not what's your stance on brexit then oh well stance we we're both slightly different we 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 both we both voted to leave because we didn't like the we didn't like brussels yeah okay um but if i put this just my opinion if i had known that the person to conduct Brexit on behalf of the UK was going to be Boris Johnson. Yeah, I would have abstained and not voted. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I can't stand him. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think he's, I think he's an appalling human, and uh, well, I think he's human. It's hard to tell. Um, and so that that so I sort of voted leave because I I don't like I don't think countries should be intertwined politically in that way. That's just my mm -hmm. opinion. Um, but but now it's kind of. To be honest, Brexit has kind of taken a back seat, isn't it? I mean, it's we, now everything is just COVID. Everything is COVID. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you know that we were we were trying to work out if we would be able to do shows, and I think it's very. I mean, some bands will. That's up to them. But certainly, if we, you know, having to, if you do have to get a vaccine to do a show, we wouldn't do that at the moment. But, um, mm. That's not. We aren't anti-vax at all. But I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable taking the vaccine now. That's a personal, that's just up to me, my choice. Yeah, that's the same as me, really. Is it right? Yeah. And, and I think that's just the personal thing. I've had vaccines before, obviously, when I was younger, um, yeah. when we travelled. Uh, I don't have a problem at all. I just don't feel comfortable with this at the moment. And I think it's, but I do think it's going to be, it'll be get to a point where it will be coerced. Um, well, yeah. I was speaking to Michael yesterday, Michael Armstrong, you know? Oh, yes. All right. Of course, yeah. And... Uh, I was saying to him actually about the vaccine passport. Yes. Because they, they were saying on the news, especially here in Holland, yeah, there won't be a vaccine passport. There won't be a vaccine passport. And yesterday they announced that <laughs> the legislation that they, you know, you are going to need some yes. sort of paperwork. Yes. Saying you've had the vaccine to travel. And that's right. Like um, the only thing that, you know, they've done, um, obviously they do testings on vaccines, you know, to make sure that they're clinically safe, mm -hmm. but they just haven't had the time. No, you know the time hasn't gone into it to, to be where you where will this vaccine be in five years time? You know, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, same as what I always think back to is thalidomide. Yeah, yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? interestingly uh, enough, somebody put on um, on on the on the socials they put on um, four adverts which dated back about varying fifty to hundred years. One was about um, use DDT on your farm and breathe easy. Yeah, okay. um, and the other one, the other one was. Um, cigarettes soothes the sorest throat. Uh, I mean, there's a whole load of stuff, and it just reminds you to be cautious. And yeah, um, yeah. there's a woman on um, a lady called Alison Hammond, I think. Was it Alison Hammond today? Yes, yeah, yeah. she's a TV presenter. TV presenter, and she was she expressed her hesitancy at the uh, having the vaccine. And what was interesting about that, if you if somebody said to you they're they're hesitant about crossing the road, you would think, yeah, well that's a good thing. Just yeah. take it easy. Be careful. Um, I'm hesitant about having a face a facelift. Well, yes, you should be hesitant. It's a big thing. I'm hesitant about having a vaccine. You shouldn't be hesitant about having a vaccine. How dare you? So, yeah. a, I, you know, they had um, a, a, an ex-Tory MP on there who was berating her for being hesitant. And he's an idiot. I'm yeah. sorry. And he's disrespectful to her sense of caution. Yeah. yeah. And her, you know, I've had it and it's fine with me, but you should follow your own gut. Doesn't say yeah. that. That's it. Well, 
Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Terry, I've, I've had mine because obviously they're, they're rolling it out in the UK. So yeah. Terry said he didn't want to have his. So I said, well, I'll have mine. And if my hair falls out or <laughs> something goes wrong, I said, uh, don't have it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're, I mean, they're happy guys that have been waiting, um, talking about you know, the period that you would normally have to wait um, to, to, to ascertain whether a vaccine is both mm. effective, fully effective and safe. And he was talking anything between two and 10 years. Yeah. So there is, for some experts, and I'm not saying that I don't, I'm not a scientist, so I just I'm just repeating what they say. For some experts, they believe that the the, the issues will are, are, are ahead of us. Yeah. Today, and the sad thing is, we have a, a head of state in the in the UK, who who seem to think I've had the vaccine. It was just a little prick. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Not really the point, you silly woman. No. You know, um, when she said little prick, I'm, I'm I'm assuming she wasn't talking about Prince Harry. Yeah, so we're just we're not actually we're, we're just cautious. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so moving moving back on the music then. So you know, obviously you, you guys have had a massive career, yeah. uh, and you've got some new songs coming out. So I've been taking a listen to to your new songs that are coming out. So the first one is um, your inner light is love. Yeah, it's, it's very mellow. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. I've been listening to it all week. It's really good. I like it, guys. It's really nice. I like it. We wrote it as a, a response, really, to because the first the, the song we did a few a few months ago was a thing called "We're All Criminals," which was a slightly sort of um, cynical look at the way life is in the UK. Um, um, and it, it's it, we had to get we had to do it because we liked it, and also, but it's not something we wouldn't we would necessarily want to live by. And then we wanted to write something that cheered us up and cheered up, hopefully would cheer other mm. people up. Um, and it was it was it was fun. It was rewarding to do. Um, and we did a thing with talk radio yesterday, and they played it on talk radio. When you hear it back, you think, no, this is this it's, it's a positive message, and, it it's is, yeah. we, and it's something we believe. Yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think the, the the power to be better than you are is inside most people. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's a really good song. So I, going back to the We Are Criminals, I listened to that as well, and that's really cool. I really like that. Yeah, we, we wanted to... Yes, it, it, it's just a mirror on how we saw the world at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, when we did some interviews, they go, oh, my gosh, you're so angry. Not angry, <laughs> but it's just... You know, you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Well, first of all, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Exactly right. But, but it's not an angry song, it's a cynical song. It's a cynical song. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a song looking at, which is, you know, which I think some of the lyrics in there are true. You know, yeah. you, you, you can break the law before you're out the door. That is yeah. absolutely 100% true. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, you know, now you've got governments suggesting to kids that they, 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 they tell tales on their mum and dad if the mum and dad aren't behaving properly at home. And next was, so what, what's, what's, what's down the pipeline? Is it cameras in the home? And, mm. you know, I, 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 when you suggest things like this, people think you're, you're, you're nuts. But if we were having this conversation two years ago and I said to you, you know, everyone's going to have to wear a mask and you won't be able to fly unless you've had this and you won't be able to do that and you won't be able to do that and people will get, will get arrested for sitting on a park bench, you'd think I was nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what happens. That's yeah. actually yeah. what happens. I think I, I'm personally, I'm actually open-minded. I, I think I can imagine everything happening. I can imagine mm. people having barcodes on the front of their head in 10 years' time. It's, it's gone so balmy mm. so quickly. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, so I, I'm, I'm open to all, think, all suggestions, really. Yeah. The, I, we've got a friend who, was, who took a train up into London today, um, and they had COVID marshals on the train berating people who weren't covering their face. 
COVID marshals. You know, COVID. Mar- yeah, I saw a video of a young a young lad uh, getting beaten up by the police a few months ago because yeah, yeah, he yeah. didn't have a, he didn't actually have a mask on on the train. Yeah, yeah. And he, had, he had a doctor's note saying that he didn't have to wear one, you know, because yeah, right, right. But yeah. they won't listen. They won't listen. No, to no, it. no, they're mm. not no. I think I think um, I think the this has just given permission, and sadly we have a government in the UK that has not bothered to pu- push back on this. It's given permission to every curtain-twitching idiot out there to judge and meddle in other people's affairs. And that's, the, that's you know, we have a, a home secretary who thinks that snitching is probably something you, you should get a, a reward for. Yeah. We have a prime minister who seems to have forgotten completely the importance of freedom of conscience or anything else. Mm. Um, so it's not surprising that everything's gone as badly and as damaging as it has. We have in the UK, in government and in the opposition, two parties that are completely silent on the biggest issues that we face. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a disgrace. Starmer mm. and Johnson are a complete disgrace. It, yeah, it, but... Yeah, I, I find it kind of weird because yeah, we've been to a few protests and, uh, and um, got a lot of hit, heat for mainstream media. And I, I, we, we're both surprised that we were sort of the most famous artists there. We thought we'd mm. be the least famous. We were the we, only artists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some others that told me mean, Danny Rampling was there. Yes, and he was there, yeah. Sean Ward was there. Um, and some other, other, other um, uh, Ian Brown has been vocal on, online, etc. Van Ross and Eric Clapton. Mm. There are some people who've been vocal, but actually attending a rally. We need them on the street. Yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised. I, what surprised us was that we were the only sort of faces there. And it come, we, that was very strange. And so what, what's happened to the music industry is sort of, you know, the, is the spine that um, certain artists used to have, you know. Um, that's all seems to have gone really, but um, hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if you look back, particularly into the, you know, the, the, the days of Vietnam and all that stuff, when you had Joan Byers and Bob Dylan and all these people, yeah, and uh, Buffalo Springfield and all that kind of stuff, actually making, making comments about the race riots or whatever it happens to be, yeah, pop was very culturally aware, and it's now more like a kind of an advert. It's more like something that just like soma. It's a, it's a, it's a drug that keeps you quiet. And um, I think personally, given the fact that the, the entertainment industry, among many others, has been absolutely trashed, I cannot for the life of me understand why dozens of artists, performers, actors, everybody, are not on the street. I don't get it. Yeah, don't yeah. Get it. Blame Simon Cowell. Yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> what, a, what a disgrace. I really do. I've got no time for it. No, no, no. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, go on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. So then, and then the other song I've heard then is uh, Good Times Everybody, which is like an up, yeah. back to the yeah. uplifting song. And it's like, I can imagine it at the festivals and yeah. on the beach and, and all that. Yeah. 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 The, the idea of that was just a euphoric song. We just mm-hmm. that's why we did the guitar riff. That song sort of revol- revolves around that, really. And it was just, yeah, it was sort of an echo towards, you know, some of the stuff that. Yeah, we, we, we both like Robin Schultz and uh, Calvin Harris because they seem to like guitars. They, yeah. they, they use guitars in their tracks. And so it was a sort of a nod towards that, really. And it, was good, it was good when we did the video. It's good trawling through some of the old footage. It yeah. reminded us, yeah. you know. Um, and it's very easy to forget those, those events. And, and artists should never forget, or people should never forget, yeah. the power of those events and the enjoyment that it gives people. Um, so for us, and there's one where, where there's a bunch of girls dancing in, in a school in South Africa. Um, those are, uh, most, I think they're all black girls. I yeah, think, they are, yeah. um, and they're brilliant. I mean, they are mm. so they are so good, and it's and it's it's heartwarming. It's just great, mm. you know. Um, 
so that was it was it, that was our first foray really into doing stuff that we felt would cheer us up and other people up and we wanted we just wanted it to be sunny and positive and you know there's too much gloom around you, know, you need to we need to we need to cheer up you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, 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 uh, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> not easy, I agree. Not... Yeah. yeah. So you've so you've collaborated with a lot of guys. I've I've noticed um on the one song you mentioned earlier, you collaborated with Mike Gray. And yeah. I, I'm a I'm a massive fan of Mike Gray because he was in the band Skin. That's and right. I've seen Skin a few times and he's he's a bit of a bit of a local legend really when it comes to rock music. Like, right, right, so right. how did you how did you get involved with Mike? Uh we met him um at a gym, I think. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was a gym, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and we just did a little bit of writing together. Um, yeah, and we, we it was a pretty short-lived um, relationship. About a year, I think. Yeah, About yeah. A year. But we 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 um, we wrote you know half a dozen songs, I think, with him, yeah. something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and that was that. You know, we it was a fairly it was on the it's not, not someone we've stayed in touch with at all. And we 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 didn't know him, we didn't know him before we worked with him, and we haven't stayed in touch since. And that's quite common, I think, with a lot of artists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably the longest relationship we've had with a co-writer. Yeah, and we yeah. have worked with other people um, in the meantime. But writing with other people is not always as easy as it looks or sounds. There's, you know, there's all sorts of egos that come into play. There's sometimes there's management, sometimes there's other labels. Um, then you've got we did a thing in Germany with a very big uh, German star, who right at the last minute said she wasn't able to make the video. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of stuff you're up against. So yeah, we, yeah, we 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 are very we're not against working with other people, but we are careful. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you've written songs for other people. Yes, I well, take we, it. We have, but we, yes, yeah, we have. But we, um, if we come up with an idea that's really good, we try not to give it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously. Also, also, yeah. <laughs> also, also, we we're not very. Um, what the, what's the word I'm looking for? We're not very uh, sort of plum, plumbed into that network of writers. We, we've recently, I've been last couple of years, I've been involved in a um, in a sort of a online forum, which is people sharing sort of projects that need this and need that. And we don't really write in a way that suits most artists or most projects. We tend to be a little bit left center in the way we write, and um, and also there. Their lyric content is what they want from you is incredibly conservative, so it okay. doesn't really work for us that well. We've done, we have done a few things. Obviously, the Taylor Swift thing yeah. Was, uh, yeah. is the most successful, um, was the most successful sort of um, mm. um, co-writing credit, and we've done other bits and pieces. We worked with Clyde Ward for quite a while. Oh yeah, well, um, that's right. We did. You're right. Yeah, 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 and um, and and other sort of writing teams, but it's not something. Uh, that particularly suits us, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, I think it's probably more difficult for us now than it would have been back then because we're more in touch with what we want to do now. So whoever we brought in would have to fit in rather yeah. than yeah. fitting with them. Yeah. Um, and back in the day when we were still floundering around a little bit and trying to find a direction, um, it was it, we were more more pliable. I think when it came to influences, that's less true now. I think we're much more, um, and we're and we're more. Um, I was going to say arrogant. I wouldn't say we're arrogant, but we're very, very confident. Maybe. Yeah, we're just plugged into what we want to do. I remember an interview with Ted Turner, and he said, "If you don't dig me, then you know." Yeah, yeah. I won't swear, but you know that's what he was yeah. saying. And we're sort of the same. We, we feel the same. You dig it or or jog on, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, you've you've earned that right, haven't you? 
Yeah, I think as you get, and also as you get older, you don't, you know, the, one of the one of the most crippling things when you're when you're a kid, uh, and, and in your in your teens is the desire to be liked by your peers. Yeah, and mm. the desire to the seek of the seeking of approval. It's it's a crippling thing, um, and it stops you being who you are. So I'm happier now than I was in 1992. Yeah, yeah but I think mm. that also comes with an inexperience, you know. It does. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does it come does. with that. That's true. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah, I'm more. When I look back and I just think, oh, wow, we were actually not too bad. <laughs> and, and, I, and I also think I should have, oh, well, that's what I used to look like. I could have had much more sex. Why didn't I look like, why don't I look like that? <laughs> well, you haven't really changed a lot of it. No, I, I was going to ask if you guys still work out a lot because you're still looking very good. Um, yeah, we did, we've trained today, actually. We trained today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult, obviously, they've been closing gyms, you know. Yeah. So mm. that's, made it, that's made it difficult. We've got a small gym. Uh, uh, Richard's got a small gym, which we both use. But it's, I quite like getting out and, and training. Uh, I, I tend to train a little better when I'm at, when I'm at, at a proper gym. Yeah, of course. Also yeah. because if they've got more equipment, you can hit different muscle groups in a different way because they, the, the, uh, the equipment is more varied. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but not only that, you're going out to train rather yes, than you are. going exactly. downstairs or... Yes, you know. exactly right. Yeah, That was yeah. one of the ludicrous things in the UK where gyms were shut, but you could eat out on the cheap. Well, no, yeah. they're still shut here. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that really we both noticed because we both suffer from depression from time to time, exercise really helps. And it doesn't have to be weight training. It can be walking, cycling, it can be anything. But yeah. if you're having trouble with depression, you know, even if it's just mild depression, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be you know, the heavy duty stuff. Um, it just helps to get out. And yeah. the, the lack of knowledge from number 10 on this fundamental issue was, was absolutely staggering. It really was denying people the ability to exercise. It's just, you know, it's just. But we actually had a curfew here, so you couldn't go out of your house after nine o'clock. You know, right? Really, did you? Yeah. Well, so now, yeah. Fred was telling me there's an app in Cyprus that you have on your phone, which tells you you've been out for too long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, but the, the the thing with COVID is it actually, if you're outside, there's less chance of spreading it. Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah you think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And also, COVID knows when you go to bed, when you get up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does, yeah, it's yeah. Clever it's clever stuff. This COVID thing. It yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> it so, is. what would you say you would still feel you have to achieve uh, to achieve in uh, in music or life? Is there any other achievements or goals that you that you both have? Um, not not specifically. I I, no. I just like you know, we've we've been doing writing recently. We're very happy with what we've been writing. So I'd like, I guess I'd like the tracks have a little bit more um, support from the UK. That'd be nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. And um, other than that, no, we aren't particularly hungry to go and start doing shows again. That's not, that's not a big thing. We are involved in a couple of film projects that um, one of which now is fully funded. I'd like to see those see the light of day. That, yeah. that would be um, an achievement. One of the things okay. that the lockdown has forced us and i'm sure it's lots of people it's forced you to rethink what you want from life hmm. uh, it, it's i mean i've started cooking i never thought i'd do that it was very good and i actually quite enjoy yeah. it. Cook. I actually yeah. enjoy going to the shop and you know buying vegetables and all that kind of stuff simple simple stuff so it's it has i wouldn't recommend it as a therapy for, uh, you know for anybody yeah 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 you know what i mean but it but it does force you to rethink and so for us we were on a treadmill of gigs. That's what we were doing, um, and we, as a consequence, we probably weren't thinking. We knew we had gigs every weekend. We were going off and doing festivals and getting onto planes and da 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 da. 
and we weren't really thinking because all the time there's a whole bunch of people out front you it's validation it's, mm. it's you know yeah but you're not thinking about the next track as hard as you should you're not thinking about production as hard as you should um so this has really forced us onto our onto our back back foot if you like mm. and we've had to think we've had to really really think about what we want to sound like and i think the tracks that you've mentioned, um, I don't think we would have written those if it hadn't been for um, lockdown. That's no. true. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We've only got. Oh, a few that's interesting. We've only got. Yeah, a few yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. I've been like been keeping one eye on the clock as well. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any questions, Ted? Um, well, I know your wife's got a question for the guys. Uh, yeah, she did. So she was very well, really excited when uh, when I told her that uh, you guys were coming on. Right. And um, she wondered whether you still had some of the costumes from back in the day. Um, we've, we've auctioned a lot of them. Well, yeah, we've uh, given them away. We, we uh, have lots to charity. Yeah. Um, we might have them in a lockup somewhere. Yeah. To be honest with you, yes. but very little, li very very little. We 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 gave most of it. Um, we were involved with various homeless charities and did loads of different stuff, cancer charities, mm. and most of it was given away to auction. Also, oh, okay. I'm not sure I could get the trousers on now. I, I, <laughs> maybe over my head. Have you uh, lost that much weight? Well, I, 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 when, I, when I look back, there's a clip of me doing a, some show in Switzerland, I think it was, and I looked at my waist. I must have had a waist of about 26 yeah, or yeah. something like that, you know. And um, there's a pair of trousers. I remember there's a pair of trousers. I, I had them up until quite recently. And when you look at them, it's, and I just think, are you kidding me? That I actually, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. So, and I, I don't want everyone to get fat. That's, I've made my mind up about that, but I've, I've given up on the idea of being a live 25 year old. Yeah, you just yeah, have to get gra gravity kicks in. Gravity, yeah, and also you right. look a bit older, you look a bit rubbish if, you, if you're too skinny. Yeah, you know awesome. Yeah. That's it. That's it. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Thank you, guys. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. I, I've been so excited all week. I've got to be honest for you, uh, okay, you, you two much. coming on. So thank really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'll keep following you on Twitter and uh, adding my silly comments. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank yeah. you very much indeed. Oh yeah, we'll we'll make sure we we um, you know we we'll put all these socials and everything on here as well, and we we'll share your music as well because we want to get the Brits listening to it, guys. All okay, right. thank you. Thank That's you very, very much indeed. Me. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How cool is that? <laughs> Loved it. I'm sorry if I took over a bit, Ned, but I was kind of like on a roll. Oh, that's so, okay. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I didn't have a lot written down, so... Uh... Yeah. That was amazing. I, I wasn't going to ask him the question that Sarah wanted, but uh, seems we had a bit of time. Lev should be pleased with that. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask it because he said about a festival and he, he remembered the festival for the wrong reason because of yeah. one of his outfits. So, uh, and I immediately thought about it and I thought, well, that would have been a good transition into that question. Yeah. Um, you know, because yeah. you went on straight on to something else and I was like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that um, would be the perfect transition into that question, but uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah, but, yeah, no, that was awesome, really, really good. Yeah, nice bunch of guys, man. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, we say this after every episode, but uh, after it's a long out there, isn't it? Thankfully, we've uh, you know we've been lucky to um, to have people accept that have been genuine, nice people, haven't we? Which is good. Yeah, not only the Welsh, you know. There's, obviously, there's some English guys that are really, <laughs> that are really yeah. nice as well. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I did enjoy that. I did enjoy that. Yeah, you know, uh, 
very good end to a to a busy week. So uh, fantastic. Good. Glad. Uh, yeah. I'm glad they're doing well, and uh, COVID hasn't really obviously has kept them in, but you know <laughs> everybody's staying safe, and uh, yeah, that's the main thing. And it's glad to see they're not really uh, conspiracy theorists or anything. They're just mm. very cautious, being very cautious. Yeah, about that's it. So. Yeah, like you can't blame them, can you? Do I mean it's um... no? Well, I'm, I've got the same view, so uh, yeah, I've, I've already told you that. that yeah, uh, you know we just don't have enough time to know what this, mm. and it, and it does stick in my mind about the the um, whatever I said. <laughs> I can't remember mind, yeah. now. So the thalidomide, yeah. When that came out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, no. even though I just missed that generation, I mean, there were still a few uh, thalidomide babies as I was growing up. Mm. But that's one thing that was also rushed onto the market and then they didn't really understand the, the consequences of it until it was too late, you know? Yeah, that's right. And yeah, maybe, it's not that I'm, I think that we're going to go that way, but I've got that cautious feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. No, that's it. That's it. No, I don't blame you. I, I was, and then it, it sort of just come to a period in my mind that I was kind of like, you know, I, I want to try and get out there and, and sort of live my life and I'm not really going to feel comfortable doing that without having the injections so that was kind of like where I got to in my head and to be honest now I've had it I feel a lot better not obviously not physically but mentally I feel a lot better and like I can you know prepare myself better for for when everything starts opening and you know enjoy life again that's what I want to do yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm probably going to get it but um well I'm going to probably have to get it to be honest yeah but uh, I haven't got that long left anyway, so I might as well just fucking have it. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? <laughs> you, would have, you would have had it months ago if you had been over here. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I would have been the one of the first in the queue. You would have been straight after the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> my um, funny talking about it, Curtis, my boy, he's 28 and he's just had a letter today yeah. to say that he's he can have it sometime in the middle of May, so they're now doing the under-30s now. Oh, I thought they weren't going to do the women under-30. Um, they're not going to do them with the Astra. I okay. think they can, I think the women under-30 will probably end up having the Pfizer, I think. I don't know, that's that's what I've read. But, um, and what's the other one beginning with M? Um, I don't know. I know there's I've another had... one as well. Which one's supposed to be giving you the blood clots? The AstraZeneca. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so that's the, what do they call that? Oxford, they call that the Oxford one. Okay. Um, that's the one that has been given people uh, blood clocks and the one that they banned in quite a few European countries as well. I'm not sure if they've opened it back up yet for yeah. them to use it, but um, yeah, so we'll see. So uh, yeah, but I, I'm buzzed up now. Cool. Yeah, well buzzed up. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, you know, legends, amazing, absolutely amazing. I can't believe we've interviewed them. <laughs> I honestly can't. No. <laughs> well, there'll be a few more famous people coming yet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cool. All right, then, mate. I'm going to uh, say goodbye for this yeah, episode. Yeah. And uh, let you come down off your cloud. Yeah, I'm going to have a lie down. <laughs> I don't lie down too long. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, then. I'll catch you later. All right. Yeah. Speak to you in a bit. Ta-da. Ta-da.